Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you, wherever you are tuning in today. I just remembered I forgot to put my headphones in, and so I want to do that. I think this helps the sound quality of the recording. At least that's what I've been told. It seems to work. I believe it. And there you have it. So I'm delighted to be here with you all today. Thank you for being here. And today I'm going to be continuing my Facebook Live sessions on resting. And this is the build-up to an online meditation retreat program that I'm offering entitled Resting in a Non-Reactive Space. Resting in a Non-Reactive Space. So I'll speak a little bit about the program. First, what is what does it mean to rest in a non-reactive space? And why is that important? <laughs> well, I've the way at least I've come to understand um, contemplative practice, meditation, and study, and so forth. Uh, these practices are, are designed uh, to bring one to a place of non-reactivity. It is our reactivity that causes so much suffering in the world. And so these practices that we'll be diving into uh, over the eight-week course are really specifically designed uh, to allow the participants to cultivate uh, a very, very deep space of non-reactivity from which to live from. Uh, there's a quote in the Buddhist tradition. The Buddha said, I mainly dwell in emptiness. So we're not going to be focusing so much on emptiness in the course, a little bit, but we can take that same idea and say, mainly I dwell in a non-reactive space. Mainly dwelling in a non-reactive space. So let me give a little bit of logistics here and then maybe we'll circle back around and talk about that. I would like to do a guided meditation here with you all today as well. So the retreat opens on January 3rd and runs to the 25th of February. This is 2023. Can't believe it's almost the new year already. Uh, and this is in the East Coast of America time. So we'll be meeting on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesdays and Saturdays at 7 p.m. East Coast time. So that's Wednesdays and Sundays, Asia and, and Australia, New Zealand, and so forth. So in Thailand, it's 7 a.m. to 9 a.m on Wednesdays and Sundays. So that's the first section. And that's really to cater to people who like an early morning uh, start in Asia and Australia, New Zealand, and people who like the evening sessions in uh, the East Coast of North America and so forth. There is a second section that's opened really to cater mostly to Europe and those who like a later start in the day in Asia, Australia, New Zealand. That runs January 4th to February 26th. And it'll be 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. here in Thailand, which is 8 a.m. GMT time in Europe. 
let's say 8 a.m. in the UK and perhaps 9 a.m. in France in Western Europe. But please do double check uh, and make sure you've got the times correct. So it runs for eight weeks, the program, and we meet twice a week, so that's 16 sessions. All of the sessions are facilitated live. I'm there live on the call, uh, fielding comments, questions, concerns, facilitating the group process, offering guided meditations, and so forth. None of these sessions are pre-recorded. I do everything live. So these retreat sessions include a variety, as I was just kind of mentioning there, guided meditations, Q&A, interactive discussions, and so forth. Everything that I offer is offered within a secular voice. Although uh, my training is in the Buddhist traditions, and so I speak from those traditions in great part, uh, I do try to do so in such a way that these teachings can be practiced by anyone from any faith, any belief system, no faith, no belief system, everyone's welcome. In addition to that, everything I offer, including this upcoming retreat, is offered within a trauma-sensitive framework. So if you identify as being a person who has some trauma in your history, in your background, feel free to, uh, yeah, to, to join, knowing that uh, I am uh, trauma-sensitive, trauma-informed, and I will be guiding meditations accordingly. In addition to all of that, I do make myself available for one-to-one -one sessions throughout the eight weeks at no extra charge. That's included in the price of the cost, or the price of the retreat, rather. <laughs> and it's all voluntary. If you want to come live, uh, you're welcome to, to join live as much as you can. If you have to miss sessions, that's also fine. All of the sessions are recorded and made available to only the retreat participants shortly after each session. So if you have to miss a session or even just part of a session, you can do so comfortably knowing that you'll be able to keep up with the retreat at your own pace. In addition to that, you could do the retreat all on your own pace at your own time. I do have people do that as well. The bottom line is 99 US dollars. I think that's pretty reasonable. I, I do try to keep my price point low and I live in Thailand, which allows me to some breathing room around that. So I'm lucky in that way. Who is this program for? It's really for anyone. It's appropriate for people of all experience levels, beginners, intermediate, advanced meditators, all welcome. If you're looking to incorporate mindfulness into your life and to really cultivate a way of being in the world that uh, creates less suffering for ourselves and for others, then this program is certainly for you. Okay. So I spoke just as we were getting started there. I was speaking a little bit about resting in a non-reactive space. So I think most people are familiar with the concept of resting, at least kind of superficially. But in this program, and we'll explore a little bit of this today in a guided meditation, we're invited to rest in a, in a very deep, 
and radically complete way. And so as we practice, we, we invite the body to rest. And as we continually invite the body to rest, relax, grow soft, unwind, the, the tensions that are in the body become more and more felt. We start to, to really connect with the parts of the body that just simply don't want to rest. And then from that space, we can start to explore. Well, what is that resistance there for? Why is there tension there in, for example, the abdomen? Why is there tension in the jaw? We don't need to answer those questions, but we allow those questions to kind of bring our awareness into a deeper possibility of resting. So very often the tension that's held in the body, uh, we hold due to some reactivity. You know, for example, um, you know, maybe somebody has an accident. Yeah, I'll use my own example. I, I had to have a surgery a couple of years ago. And as a result of that operation, um, you know, I was in a lot of physical pain. And so I was holding my body in such a way that it didn't hurt quite so much uh, as I was recovering. And that holding in the body becomes habitual. And so long after my body's recovered and I'm fine, I'm walking around, I notice these tensions in the body that formed as a way of um, protecting my body from that physical pain. And so in this deep state of rest, we start to see those habitual holdings that we've developed as we've grown up. And we start to let those go as well. Those start to soften and relax. We, we get into a much, much deeper quality of rest. And it's the same with emotional pain and discomfort. And we encounter, you know, challenging situations in our life that uh, bring us heartbreak and bring us some quality of emotional pain. And as a result of that, we, we hold our heart, we hold our emotional body in a particular way so as to protect our heart from that pain. And just like in the body, as those situations begin to pass, as we start to recover, as we grieve and mourn appropriately, we, you know, perhaps start to recognize that, oh, I'm holding my emotional body in a way that is protective. And this can manifest in many different ways in the world. Right? We're less likely to enter into a conversation with a stranger, for example. Or we're less likely to, to you know, do something maybe out of the ordinary, try that new dish at that restaurant that we've been meaning to try. You know, we're less likely to take chances in that way. 
we're less likely to apply for the job that we might be very well qualified for. But because we've uh, not gotten hired for three or four other jobs that we interviewed for, now we're kind of protecting ourselves in this way. Right? We don't need to do that. And so this quality of deep rest brings that those habitual ways we've come to protect ourselves into the light. Now, it's not that we automatically choose to let that all go, but at least we have some awareness. Those resistances are no longer in the unconscious. We've brought them out into awareness, and then we can choose. Do I, can I move forward here? Can I rest with this? That's the, the question that I keep bringing up time and time again. Can I rest with this? And very often the answer is yes, I can actually rest here. Particularly if this, this holding pattern is from an old wound. Right? There's no more danger here, so I can actually, ah, yeah, I, I can rest. And so this is with, you know, working with old hurts, old holding patterns that we might have. And, you know, that's, there's a lot of great benefit in that. There's so much beauty in, in just that. And as we continue to explore that, we become quite familiar with this new state of resting that we're starting to inhabit. Because it feels good to be able to rest in such a deep way. It's relieving, it's healing for the body healing for the heart. In a sense, this deep state of rest is like a, a type of homeostasis, which allows the body to recharge and to refuel, allows the mind and heart to replenish, to restore and, and to deepen in resilience. Sometimes I get asked, you know, can, if one really cultivates this type of resting, does one need to sleep? That's an interesting question. And I don't know, I like sleeping. I would miss it if I didn't have to sleep, I think, at least a few hours a night. But it's true, and what this question I think points to is this idea that, that it's actually true, that we can cultivate a, a rest that's even deeper than the rest that we get from sleep. Because sleeping, particularly if we're not uh, practiced in lucid dreaming and things like that, um, sleeping, we're not sure how, how well we're going to rest that night, right? If we have very active, turbulent dreams, we may not get good rest. So in resting meditation, although we're resting very, very, very deeply, very completely, we're still very alert and aware. And so it's in that state of awareness, that heightened alert quality Although very, very deeply resting, we're also very, very highly alert, looking, 
One of my teachers likes to say of this practice, we practice resting in the body and in the heart and looking at the mind. Resting in the body and the heart, looking at the mind. Or it could just be resting in the body and looking at the mind and heart. That's also another way to think of this type of practice. Resting and looking, resting and looking. So another one of the great benefits of this type of resting practice is that because we, we do start to get very familiar with that quality of rest, then when we're in and about our day-to-day -day experience, we're maybe at the grocery store or taking the dog for a walk or whatever it is that we do at your job. Uh, and maybe we have some interaction that, that lands outside of our window of tolerance. We start to get reactive. Maybe somebody says something to us that we interpret as being insulting. And so prior to a practice like this one, you know, the anger shows up in our, in our mind and in our heart and in our body. And because that anger is so uncomfortable, we tend to then move into reactivity. We tend to then yell, kick, punch, scream, shout, or we choke it back in the body. Right? Those are very typical ways of reactivity towards anger. So with a practice like this, cultivating this deeper state of rest, we can be you know, moving about in our day-to-day -day experience. And we may not be that, you know, feeling that at rest at that time, but because we've practiced resting in meditation, that starts to carry over into our day-to-day -day experience. We start to really feel kind of an underlying deeper connection to the state of rest. And because anger and, and pretty much all forms of reactivity are really um, the anti-rest, if you will. They're, they're turbulent. There's a lot of energy and a lot of charge in reactivity. So after some practice, we become very sensitive to that reactivity arising. We feel it much sooner. And so as we sense, okay, there's anger coming here, we can then intercept it before that reactivity gains so much momentum that we're just punching someone, or we're just yelling at someone, or whatever it is, right? Generally, when reactivity is there, it moves so fast that we don't, we feel like we don't have a choice. And we even say this sometimes in our conversations, right? Oh, that person made me so angry. I had to do that, right? We, in that statement, we fail to recognize actually that there was a choice there. So in resting practice, we slow that process way, way down. And so in our day-to-day -day experience, in the present moment, we become connected to this resting and yeah, the anger or fear, rage, longing, desire, craving, whatever 
your brand of reactivity is, it's, we start to be sensitive to it. We start to feel it much sooner. And what's really quite interesting about that is that as a practitioner, because we're sensitive to it, we notice it sooner. Um, it almost feels like in a, in a way that we're doing it wrong because we are so sensitive to our own internal material at that point, right? So we've become quite sensitized to our internal state and to this uh, really wholesome quality of stillness, of resting. And then when anger, when we start to feel the, the waves of anger on the outskirts of that tranquility that we've cultivated, oh, the, you know, wow, I'm getting reactive. It feels like we're more reactive, but it's only because we're noticing it sooner, right? It's kind of similar to a musician. You know, some of you know I used to play music a long time ago. And I played the double bass, which is a stringed bowed instrument like a cello or a violin. And so when I first picked up the bass, you know, I, I could just bow one note. It was an F, a low F, oh, really beautiful one note. I felt so happy. I was like, ah, this is great. Wow, it sounds amazing. And I was really pleased with this note. And then, you know, at maybe my second or third lesson, uh, I learned a scale. It was an F major scale. And so, I, you know, I learned the fingerings. My teacher so patiently taught me. And then, you know, practice for some time. And I could, you know, get the F major scale happening. And I thought that sounded really, this is great. Wow, I can play whole scale. I have seven notes that makes sense alongside each other, that sound like something musical. And then I practice more. And maybe a week or two weeks later, I started to realize how awful I sounded. <laughs> because I, now I'm getting familiar with the instrument. I'm getting familiar with what the notes actually should sound like getting familiar with the tonal quality of the instrument. And so it's the same with this type of meditation. We're meditating with the intention of cultivating a, a space of non-reactivity. And it actually works in that way, that, that we, we, we rest, we continue resting, continue resting. And then a wave of reactivity comes and because we were so sensitive in that state of rest, like, oh, I'm angry. And then all of a sudden another wave comes up. Wow, I'm really angry. And then another wave comes. And it, it just kind of seems like we're doing it wrong or, or the practice is not going well. But actually that's a sign that the practice is going very well. You're just getting more in tune with your instrument. And as we you know, continue practicing in such a way, um, we start to tune the skin, flesh, and bones that we operate and play the symphony of this life with. And so we become more and more in tune in this state of resting. So that's the idea of resting in a non-reactive space.
So we, as we go through uh, various meditation practices, we'll be inviting the body to rest very deeply, the mind also to rest, letting thoughts, concerns, cares, worries go, and inviting the heart to rest, the emotions that we might be feeling, the, the feelings that might be there. So these start to melt away. And after that, you know, the material of the heart, the emotions start to soften and, and melt and dissipate. The activity of the mind starts to soften, dissolve, fade. The tensions in the body start to release, relax. We start to inhabit this broad, wide open field, energetic field. And this is the energetic field of non-reactivity. This is the space from which we can start to live our life from. Now again, this isn't a type of blind passivity. It's not that people will insult us and we just kind of say, oh, that's okay, I'm resting. <laughs> but we have more awareness on how we move forward to address the insults, to address those situations. So using that example, somebody insults me, and if I'm really connected deeply to this quality of rest, I'll feel the insults, and I'll feel my reaction, whatever my habitual reaction to insults have been in the past, that's what will come up again. If my habit was to yell at someone, if I've been insulted, I will probably yell again. If my habit was to shut down in fear or numbness, that's probably where I'll go. But the difference is now we feel it much sooner, much more accurately. I can send, say, hold that reactivity and say, oh, okay, I'm feeling the urge to insult this person back. And I can, you know, put that to one side. I can rest with that. I don't need to act on that. And in fact, in that state of resting, you know, can I rest with that insult, that energy to want to retaliate? Yeah, I can. That's incredibly empowering because now the person who insulted me doesn't have the power to dictate how I show up in the world. So my deepest intention in life is to show up in my relationships, in my life, with as much kindness and compassion as I possibly can. Some wisdom too, perhaps. <laughs> Kindness, compassion, and wisdom. Those are the qualities that I intend to manifest in my life. And so if I encounter an experience in which my reactivity won't allow me to manifest kindness, compassion, or wisdom, well, with practice of resting, I can feel that reactivity come. I can say, oh, let me make space for this. I don't repress it. We don't want to repress anything. Actually, repression is the opposite of resting, right? 
So if we're really connected to resting, we're not in danger of repression. Right? It's quite impossible to repress anything in that state. So, so the reactivity can arise, and because we're resting in this spaciousness of mind and heart, we've cultivated this field of non-reactivity, then the reactivity comes up, and there's plenty of space for it. Oh, anger, you can be here, you can stay, don't worry. I'm not going to react to you, but it's nice that you're here. And so we hold that anger and then move forward. In fact, the anger can inform us. It can tell us that, oh, this is a situation that's not good for me. I can then move away, right? Or I can address the person who maybe insulted me in a way that serves that person's needs and my own needs at the same time. So I didn't mention I'd like to do a meditation and I've been rambling here for about a half an hour, so I would like to do maybe just a 10-minute meditation here as a way of closing out today's talk. And this, won't, this will be just a very brief taster on a type of resting meditation that we'll be exploring in much more detail on the eight-week course. By the way, if you're interested in signing up for the eight-week course, uh, please visit my website, Such Sweet thunder.org and all of the registration information and other details about the program will be there or if you're ready to go ahead and sign up uh, send me a message through messenger or instagram or or email and uh, we'll get you registered okay so we'll do this for about 10 minutes then i'll close this out and so i'll ring the bell And so the invitation here is just to arrive into this present moment. And there are many ways of arriving and connecting to the present moment. And for this practice, I think we can start with the experience of sound. And so the invitation here is to simply listen to the soundtrack of this present moment experience. You might offer yourself an inquiry like, what does this present moment sound like? There might be quiet, subtle sounds there might be loud, obvious sounds. There might be sounds arriving to the ear from nearby or from far away. There might be sounds generated by nature, such as a bird song or crickets chirping wind blowing outside or rain falling on the roof. 
There might be sounds generated by electronics, appliances, machinery. The hum of a heater or a fan or an air conditioner. The occasional car or motorbike passing by or airplane flying overhead. Regardless of the quality of sound, or the origin or volume of sound, perhaps noticing how sounds require no effort to be heard. That the sounds simply arise in awareness, and they're known. And so it's quite easy then to remain at rest and listen to the sounds of the present moment. Just rest, just rest. And if any sound takes you away from the resting, you might ask, can I rest with this? Can I rest with this? And if the answer is yes, then invite the question to bring you deeper into a state of resting. If the answer is no, that's fine. Make adjustments so that the sound is a little quieter. Or do what it is that would perhaps help you rest in this moment. And so while we're here resting with the experience of sound, the invitation then, if it feels good to do so, is to bring awareness to the feet. And perhaps noticing the contact of the feet against the floor, the ground, or carpet. Inviting the muscles in the feet to relax, grow soft, rest. Perhaps noticing sensations of clothing against the legs. Inviting the muscles in the legs to relax, grow soft. We might also notice the weight of the body against the cushion or chair. Inviting the muscles underneath those sensations to relax, unwind. Perhaps noticing the hands resting against the body or touching each other. The arms resting against the body. 
inviting the hands and arms to relax, grow soft, rest. Noticing too any sensations arising throughout the back, from the lower back, the middle of the back, the upper back. Inviting the muscles in the back to relax, grow soft, rest. And then in the next breath or two, if it feels good to do so, we could bring this exploration of resting to the abdomen. Perhaps noticing how the abdomen rises and falls with each breath. The abdomen is one of those areas of the body that's quite often used to contain tension or stress. So just inviting the muscles in the abdomen to unwind and relax, grow soft, rest. Perhaps noticing too the rib cage expanding and contracting with the breath and inviting all of the muscles throughout the upper torso to grow soft, relax, unwind, rest. Perhaps noticing the shoulders rising and falling with the breath as well. Inviting the muscles in the shoulders to grow soft, unwind, rest. There might be sensations arising throughout the back of the neck and the sides of the neck. Inviting the muscles in the neck to rest, relax, unwind. Perhaps noticing sensations arising throughout the cheeks of the face. Letting any tension or stress that's held in the face go. Noticing too sensations arising from the top of the head. Resting, breathing, feeling. And if you feel it's helpful from time to time, checking in with the shoulders, are they resting? Checking in with the jaw. Is the jaw really at rest? Noticing too the area around the eyes, the forehead, are they resting? Noticing the arms and hands. Are the arms and hands really at rest?
we might check in as well with the abdomen. Is the abdomen truly resting? Noticing the legs and feet. Are the legs and feet really resting? Allowing the body to rest very, very deeply here. And if any sensation arises that takes you away from the resting, the invitation is to ask, can I rest with that? Sometimes that question can bring us deeper into a state of rest. And sometimes the answer is no, I can't rest with that. And then alleviate the discomfort and move back into the practice of resting. Resting in the body, resting in the mind, resting in the heart. Just rest. If you get distracted by thoughts, that's fine, that's normal. Smilingly recognizing the distraction, letting it go. Perhaps noting it thinking, thinking, and gently celebrating the return back to the present moment. Resting, resting. So in a few moments time, we'll use the breath as a support for our exploration of rest. And I'll guide this using the rhythm of my own breathing. If your breathing doesn't match mine, that's fine. Just go at your own pace. Breathing in calm. Breathing out, resting. And just say the words to yourself. Breathing in, calm. Breathing out, resting. Breathing in, calm. Breathing out, resting. Breathing in, calm. Breathing out, resting. And just continue using the breath as a support in this way for just a little while.
breathing in calm, breathing out resting. So in a few moments time, we'll begin to move away from the guided meditation and back into a conversational space. And I'll cue that by ringing the bell three times. you all enjoyed that as much as I did. And thank you for being here. I really appreciate that. And if you have the, uh, if you can, if you have the space of mind and heart in your, and in your schedule, take the resting with you throughout the day. And you know, the breath is with us all the time. So even if you just have 10 seconds, two breaths, breathing in calm, Breathing out, resting. Breathing in calm, breathing out, resting. And then go about your day. If you do that five, six times throughout the day, you're sure to begin to really connect with this deep, resilient strength, this quality of resting. Okay, I will be back uh, I think in about a week, maybe on Tuesday, maybe on Wednesday, we'll see. Uh, but I will advertise before coming on live. And hope to see you all in the retreat. Uh, yeah, if you haven't registered already, registration is open. And once again, visit my website, suchsweetthunder.org. And all of the information is there on the website. So thanks again, and see you soon. And I will ring the bell to bring us out. Thank you.